know, when eight years ago, I was 25, so you can do the math uh, how old I am. Uh, I arrived uh, to the United States to, to study for priesthood. I had to learn actually everything. Not just, you know, about God and the church, uh, but how to really live in this country. Starting with the language, uh, of course. My parents, I don't know why, but, but then w when I was six, they forced me to study English back in Poland. So when I arrived here, I was able to speak, but still, there is always something to learn, okay? Always something, something, something. And now, I had to uh, learn how to eat, and I know how to eat. I had to learn really how to eat your food. Once uh, a group of my friends took me to the restaurant to, uh, to have a nice dinner and they told me, Vitol, uh, you should have something really classic. And I'm like, what is it? A steak. I'm like, I've never had steak in my life till this point. First, first steak ever, I was 25. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. But it says like, you can have like this one, this one, this one. I'm like, I don't know which one I should take. So I don't remember which one I took. But finally, the waiter came to our table and asked me the question, what I want to have? So I said, the steak. It's like, you know, how do you want to have it? I'm like, steak. Like, what? <laughs> Just make it. I'm like, no, sir, you have to. <laughs> yeah, he was trying not to laugh. He was like, yes, sir, you have to tell us, you know, uh, on what level you want to have it cooked, you know, uh, starting with rare up to well done. I'm like, I don't know, like, Let's do well done, because it sounds well, so... Uh, <laughs> now I do medium, uh, FYI. Uh, I had to learn how to drive. Uh, I knew how to drive, but when I came here, we have some other rules than we do have in Poland. Uh, one of them is, which I love, is for, when for the very first time I was sitting at the passenger seat, and a friend of mine was driving, and at the intersection, when we had a red light, he just stopped, you know, for like a second, and then he kept going, you know, right. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I was the right light. I'm like, no, you can do it here. I'm like, really? <laughs> awesome. We don't do it in Poland. You have to stop. You know, red means stop. Don't move. Okay. This is called American freedom. I can do it. I had to, of course, do college, uh, four years of theology in my second language. English is my second language. And so uh, I told Father Brian once, you want to you wanna see how it feels? Go to Poland and do the college in Polish. It's like, no, thank you. Exactly. Yep. It's, not so, it's not so easy. I had to embrace uh, not just language and food and you know how to drive, but even uh, the culture itself. So the movies and uh, different sports. When I was studying in Michigan, uh, Detroit was close, and so um, I was like, "Yeah, go Lions and Red Wings." But when I moved to Denver, now it's Broncos and Avs and you know Nuggets. I got some jerseys, so whenever I go somewhere now. It says now Denver Nuggets. So people go, oh, yeah, like, are you, are you rooting for them? Like that was last, last, uh, last time, last spring when they were in playoffs. I'm like, 
Um, not really. Uh, I'm just wearing this so it looks like I'm from here, okay? <laughs> but speaking of language, that was the first, first thing that I had to learn and it got me humbled pretty quickly. Uh, my whole life, uh, till, this of, till this point of coming to this country, was like, I, whatever I do in life, I want, I want perfection. In school, in sports, perfection. You always win. I hate losing till this day. So when I had to learn English as my second language, when you learn a language, you make a lot of mistakes. And I didn't like it. But you have to speak, make those mistakes, learn from them, and repeat it. This is how you learn anything in life. So. I was so convinced when I came here eight years ago, but you know, I will do my best. I will be the best Polish seminarian, you know, with my English. And so at the seminary, every, everything was fine. But when I was visiting different places in the country, whenever I spoke, people immediately knew like, oh, where are you from? I'm from Denver. No, no, for real, where are you from? I'm like, do I have an accent? Yeah, you do. I'm like, really? And I've been fighting for so many years not to have an accent, but it's, it's not possible anymore to get rid of it. It's like biological thing, like you cannot, you know, your mouth is, is formed this way, you cannot change it, you know? Even if I took so many classes, I would still, you would, you would, you would hear the slight, you know, accent in my, in my speech. And so it got me humble, like, I will, never, I will never sound as a native speaker. But then I realized, maybe that's good. I'm going to use it as my advantage. Uh, so uh, a year ago, I started a podcast because uh, people told me, well, if you do it in your second language, uh, it's going to be a disaster. Hold my beer, you know. <laughs> I started a podcast and... It, it, it feels so weird when, you, when I go to Casca in my just jeans and hoodie, and people are like, are you Father Vitold? I'm like, oh yeah, how do you know? Because <laughs> I recognize your face, but then I heard you. Okay, see? Yes, now they know who I am. My point is, when I came here, I had to immerse myself in everything. And this is how it's done. If you want to really feel like at home, you have to take everything on you, including language, food, and culture. Then you can start calling this place your home. So that's what I've done. Jesus did exactly the same. He became one of us, and so he took everything on him, including a flesh, the body, a language, food, culture, and of course, the theme of the Sunday, parents. He had to have parents. So he chose to be born and to grow up in this family. That was his choice. Now, we cannot choose our parents. They are the gift from God. And so you should always look at your parents as the gifts. Yes, sometimes when we were kids, we had these thoughts, and let's be honest, everyone had it at some point, like, yeah, I wish I had different parents, because there is always something, you know, you don't like about them. 
because it's always greener there. But then when you become a parent, you're like, now I understand. Now I do understand, but my parents did their best. They did their best. But my question would be for Mary and Joseph today, like how do you raise God? Like he is perfect. You are not. How do you raise God? And what's really funny, when we think about Holy Family, of course, we have Jesus, we have Mary and Joseph. Uh, Mary, no sin at all. There is no sin committed by her at all. And then you have Joseph. Uh, he doesn't speak a word in the gospel, right? This is like the perfect model of husband. Like he never speaks. He's just, he just does, you know? I guess so many times Mary had to be like, Look, Joseph, what do you think? I'm like, <laughs> there is nothing in the Bible about him like when he speaks. It's always when he does, because that is how uh, Joseph works. He uh, speaks through his actions. But perfect model of, of husband, right? He always does. But yes, how do you raise God? How do you raise God? Uh, parents, uh, you are the principal and the first teachers of your children. Not the teachers of the school, not the Catholic priest at your parish. That's not my job. That's your job to raise your children. I will not do this for you. Yes, you send your kids, you know, for a few hours every day, Monday through Friday, but still, this is your the most important job. You are the teachers of your children. Mary and Joseph, uh, they had to teach Jesus everything. So they had to teach him how to speak. They had to teach him how to eat. They had to teach him how to write. But most importantly, they had to teach him how to love. Family is the best environment uh, where you learn how to receive and how to uh, give love. So whenever you hear about Jesus, whatever he does in the gospel, it's because Mary and Joseph taught him. All his actions are because of them. They taught him how to love and how to sacrifice. Everything that Jesus did in the Bible was taught by Mary and Joseph. Yes, he was God too, but on a human level, he was taught everything by his parents. Traditionally, we say that Jesus lived for 33 years. And we believe that he just did his ministry for the last three years of his life. Which means that 30 years of his life he spent in Nazareth with Mary, not with the apostles or the people. Yes, we could say that he wasted uh, 30 years of his life. But it shows you how family is important for God. 
spending 30 years with Mary, and we don't know how long with, with Joseph. We know that Joseph was still there when Jesus was 12. Then we don't hear about him. So we don't know when he passed away. But at least 12 years, that's more than three years with uh, the apostles. God wanted to spend so much time with his parents so he could do his best just for three years. 91%, I did the math, 91% of his life spent with Mary. 9% with the apostles. It shows you the importance of, God, uh, of, of the family in God's, uh, God's plans. Now, the family, of course, is where children receive the first proclamation of the faith. So this is for you. We call this a domestic church. You teach them about God. You teach them how to pray. You teach them how to love. How to, like St. Paul says, uh, how to uh, forgive. How to forgive. God really wanted to be immersed in this world by having the family. And he spent so much time with Joseph and Mary. So then he could do his best with the apostles. We say that the family is the original cell of social life. Yes. This is how you build a society. By having healthy families. Do you want to destroy the society? Destroy families. So simple. And you can see it clearly in today's world. When we want to reverse the meaning of the family. Man and woman? Not anymore. Do whatever you want. you will see the results in 20, 30 years. Because now these kids are kids. When they will have their own families, you will see the flood coming. That, that needs to happen. So we as Christians, we are called actually to show the world how the healthy society is being built by having healthy families. That's why when I came here two and a half years ago, my, I remember from this part, my first homily, I told all of you, invite me for dinners because I want to see your families. I want to see how healthy this parish is. Because if I see the families and how you eat dinners, how you interact with each other, then I see what problems I'm dealing with as the priest, as your father. And now it hit me yesterday, because Father Brian is gone on, on his sabbatical. Uh, he left me in charge of some of the features of this parish in St. Louis, and one of them is finance and, and HR. So I told Father Brian before he left, you know what, my first project would be a new hot tub uh, for the rectory. <laughs> He's like, no. Don't do it. I'm like, no, I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> I was, that's just a joke. I was just testing him, you know. But if you put me in charge of HR, it means I can fire and hire someone. These words are so close in English, so I can make a mistake, you know. <laughs> I did this once when we were looking for a new financial uh, uh, analyst. Father Brian was gone and he asked me to do the last interview. Uh, I'm like, oh, that feels, I feel like a boss now. I can do the last one. And uh, of course we hired him. Uh, so Tyson, Tyson works for us. 
but when Father Brian came back, he was like, you know, Vito, how was it? And uh, I said, yes, I, I, I fired him. Like, you were supposed to hire him. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm sorry. You know, it was just one letter. <laughs> These words are so close. No, no, we hired him. We hired him. But for the very first time last, last night, it hit me because Father Brian is gone and, you know, I've, I've, I'm in charge now you know, of, of, of money at this parish. And I've never done this before in my life. Like, I was never in charge of, like, the church. Yes, I've been a priest for almost five years, but always, like, a second, third in command, not, like, the first one. Now when I am, equally with Father Sean, uh, it hit me yesterday. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I am the CEO of this church now, but no one taught me how to be one, and I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yes, we have all these employees, and they help us to run the church, but I've never done this before. And it reminded me about St. Joseph, when he was told by an angel in his dream, like, now you will become the father of this child and you should get married with, with Mary. Uh, I, I think I know what he felt. It's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It sounds crazy, uh, but he did it. And I talked to some of you, and all of you actually told me the same thing. When you became parents for the first time, you were like, Father, we didn't know what we were doing. It's like, you just do it. How? How do you change the diaper? I don't know. I've never done this in my life. Yeah, you learn it. Jesus wanted to have parents. The best environment to learn how to do anything in life, how to be human, and how to love and make sacrifices. So whenever you see Jesus in the Bible, yes, that's Mary and Joseph behind the scenes. Even Joseph haven't spoken any word in the Bible, he speaks for Jesus. The way he behaves, the, ways he, the way he heals people, he forgives their sins, and he brings them back to, to God. A few years ago, when I was still in Poland, uh, I asked my mom, uh, Mom, what, what would you do if I gave you a check for an amount of money you spend on me from birth to the age of 18. I Google it today, so in t with today's inflation and all of this, raising a child here in the US from birth to age of uh, 18 is $240,000. This is how much you are supposed to spend on a child, on average, on average in the United States. So yes, if you have four kids, it means a million dollars spent on them. You could have been a millionaire, and you have chosen to have four kids. Great sacrifice. That's what Mary and Joseph did. Great sacrifice. When Mary was told, yes, you will become the mother of God, she said yes, but she had no idea what it meant. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrified. But if, it's, if this is the will of God, uh, I will do it. I will do it. I asked my mom that question. What, what would she do if I give you a check 
for $200,000, which is a million Polish zlotys. It's like you become a millionaire like this if I give you this check in Poland. So she looked at me and she said, Vitold, you cannot put a price tag on love and sacrifice. It's priceless. Yeah, precisely. That's what Jesus did on the cross. It's priceless. He learned all of it from Joseph and Mary. And we cannot put a price tag on love. So today, since it's a Holy Family Sunday, I would encourage you to uh, call your parents if they are still alive and say thank you because they spent so much money on you. <laughs> they probably cried a lot, many uh, nights but they couldn't sleep because of you crying. If they are not alive, pray for them today. Uh, if you are uh, still a child, which means, yes, your parents are alive, uh, do it. Call them or even go to them today or this coming week and say, uh, say thank you. Because the family, again, is the best school that enables all of us uh, to grow to the full measure of, of humanity. The best environment when, you, when, we, when we become humans and how we become humans and how we learn how to love and how to make uh, sacrifices. Mary, Joseph, they had no idea what they were doing. So whenever you have issues as a parent, ask Mary, ask Joseph to help you. They will. They know what you are going through. But again, we cannot put the price tag uh, on love and sacrifice. Uh, let's pray today that we will really embrace uh, love that comes from our parents so we can learn it and extend it to our own kids. This is how we uh, build a healthy society. Stay close to God. Be humble and you will do God's will.